A friend recently lost her husband and I handed her a Kleenex. She said, don't hand me a freaking Kleenex, please. When you <laughs> hand me a Kleenex and I am crying, you're telling me that I shouldn't be crying. That is just something we do naturally, right? We hand the Kleenex to make somebody feel better because, and if I'm honest, it's because I'm uncomfortable with their feelings, right? So I have learned and I have been practicing since this conversation to let the person feel their feelings and just hold space. Welcome to Soul Sisters Get Real, the show that goes deep in who we really are and why we are really here. We're your hosts, Karen from the States and Eleni from Australia. We've had heartfelt conversations as Soul Sisters for years, and we're ready to share our truths, stories, and life lessons with you and to inspire you to connect to your truest essence, which resides deep within your soul. There'll be tears, there'll be laughter, and there'll be no holding back. So sit back, relax, and let's get real about the things that truly matter. Hello, welcome to today's episode where we have Vicki joining us. And Vicki is going to talk about how a book can propel us to the next level of our spiritual growth. And Vicki is one of my very good friends from a Mastering Leadership course that we took just last year together. And she's going to talk about one of my favorite books. So I'm super excited to have Vicki here. Thank you so much, Vicki, for hopping on here and talking to us about the untethered soul. Thanks for yeah. being here. Thank you for having me. Thank you both. I really appreciate it. And I love talking about this book because it's a game changer. Absolutely. I think that um, we all, all three of us have this in common, that we all love this book. But, but first of all, Vicky, let's just find out a little bit about, you know, your background. And um, apparently, you know, you're, an, you're a recovering alcoholic. Yep. So where were you before you found sobriety. Yeah, I was, I was, um, I was doing really good on the outside, right? I was a mom. I had two kids that were five and seven. I was in sales and I was kind of keeping it all together. Um, I had a husband, I had a house, I had a car, right? I had all the things on the outside, but what happened to me was it was an inside like deterioration of just feeling empty and not wanting to be a part of the world anymore, right? And it was really, really scary. And my sister had gotten sober uh, six months before I did. And one day I knew things were not going so great. And I had those two kids, right? And I knew it was not good. And I was walking down the hall and I was looking at their room and I was just thinking they're so much better off without me. Right. Like those are the crazy thoughts. And I just asked my sister to take me to a meeting. Mm -hmm. Was there a catalyst moment where you decided that's it? I'm not doing this anymore. Like did something happen? There were a couple of things. So the first thing that happened was I was on a trip. I was on a, as a salesperson, you know how you do conventions and I was, uh, with a bunch of people I worked with, we had a new boss and the night we got there, I got wasted 
I promised I wouldn't do that. I got wasted. So the whole day, luckily we were on the end, but I was getting sick all day and trying to pretend that everything was okay. And, and then that weekend, I really was just ashamed and I saw how ridiculous my behavior was. And then um, I came home and there was one night my daughter and, and my sister and a bunch of other people uh, were over and we were doing this karaoke game. And my daughter said to me, Mama, why do you drink beer? And I didn't have an answer for her. Because mm -hmm. I knew deep down why, because I wanted to feel better, right? Um, how do you explain that to a seven-year-old? So it was a couple of things. And that moment when I just wanted to not be in the world, when I was walking down the hall, and I just decided that something had to change. Yeah, well done. Congratulations. Thank so how you. many years sober are you now? 13 and a half. Wow. Well <laughs> yeah. done. Well yeah, done. Congratulations, Vicky. That's 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 really to be celebrated. And yeah, often that's what happens is that we have this catalyst moment where we're like, no, I'm not doing that anymore. That is not me. And in fact, um, as you continued along your journey, you this is how you actually came across this book, right? With yeah, absolutely. So, so what absolutely, actually happened? Yeah. How did you how did you come across the book that we're discussing today? Well, you know, I was I was not a happy person for the first two years of my recovery. I I still wanted to drink. I was like, this is sucks. This is boring, right? I didn't I didn't like it. And I had this amazing sponsor. Her her name was Pam, and she was hilarious. And there was one day she came up to me. She's like, Vicky, I found a book for you, and you need to read it. And I said, what? And she put it down on the table in front of me at the meeting, right before the meeting. It was called The Untethered Soul. I'm like, what is this? And she said, girl, you think way too much, and you get to read this book. And and so I trusted her, and I loved her, and I read it. And it was by far uh, just really shifted my whole my whole way of thinking, my whole vision, the way I looked through the world changed because of this book. What was the biggest change or uh, awareness, aha moment that you had as you read the book? What I learned, the first thing I learned in that book is he talks about this inner roommate that we all have, right? And there's a little exercise he has and he says, okay, say hello to yourself in your head, inside. And you say, hello, right? Say hello again. And you say it again. He said, okay, now start screaming it. Now, who is the person that is talking and who is the person that is listening? It's not you who is talking in your head, right? You're just repeating what you're thinking, your thoughts. And, and that was a light bulb moment that this inner me, this person that had all these should haves and I should be doing this and I could be doing this and why did I say that and why did they do this and why don't I, you know, all this, this mental static in my brain that had been going on for my whole life, right? All of that was very clear to me that this is not my soul, right? He talks about the soul and the the seed of seed of your soul and the seed of the soul is 
the one that's listening to the person that's saying you should have done this, right? And when I was able to wrap my head and and I wasn't able to wrap my head around it the first time, I'll be honest, but I noticed, I noticed how incessant that voice was in my head that kept thinking about things that was, you know, I was one of these people that rushed through life. I rushed through everything. Mm -hmm. And because I was always thinking about what's next. And as a badge of honor, I thought I was a really good planner, right? You know, I thought that was a really positive thing. And it actually is a really positive thing. Except when you're an Olympic overthinker like I am, it's really, and, and I think most of us can be, if we're honest, and if we listen, if we take that time to listen, because he lays it out very clearly in the book and, and just has you be aware of how many times that this, this roommate inside your head is, is telling you what to do, how to do it, why, judging, creating chaos, and making meanings out of things that really don't have meaning. And learning that yeah, was really powerful. Yeah. I have to say, you know, when I read the book, I uh, actually listened to it on audiobook. And I remember exactly where I was in the field I was walking through when I heard some of these profound things. Because I was like, oh my gosh, like this is the stuff that we teach our clients as hypnotists and hypnotherapists. And yet it's such a beautiful way to explain how we are not our thoughts and how crazy is that, right? We are not our thoughts, which I'd love to talk about in a moment. I, I started uh, reading it again. And he talks about, in this book, he talks about this idea that we have these inner uh, expectations. You know, this roommate comes with these inner expectations, these inner preferences, these likes and dislikes. And I've been a person that is very nurturing, very caring, and really, quite honestly, a big people pleaser. Okay. And throughout the years in recovery and through this book and many other, many other modalities, I have learned how to gracefully uh, use my voice. And what I can tell you is there's this inner, these inner patterns, these, this comfort. What I've discovered this time reading through this is not only do I have this roommate, but this need for comfort, right? This need to make sure that everything is okay and that everybody else is okay. And what I've discovered, if I just live each day in the present moment, like he suggests, like a lot of amazing spiritual teachers teach Eckhart Tolle, all, all the people, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the yogi tradition living in the present. If I'm worrying about what I did and analyzing what happened or when I am in the uh, future and rushing through things and not enjoying the moment that's right in front of me, when I'm doing that, I'm not fully here right? And so when I have these inner preferences of, because I was so good at it, I would plan ahead, right? This little planner, Vicki, that I am, that I used to be, 
I, I've gotten so much better. But this little planning that I would do is I would be like, okay, well, this person can't sit by this person. And I need to make sure that I have raspberry tea for my mom. And I need to make sure, you know, making sure everybody else's feelings are okay. And I have teenagers today. And what I have been learning, you know, the, the beauty of spiritual, a spiritual um, experience, this, my journey has been a spiritual experience since recovery. And, and the beauty of it is this, what I'm learning here in this book, again, this time around, is that I don't have to take care of other people's feelings. They have their own soul and their own roommate, right? And mm -hmm. I'm doing a disservice, especially to my teenagers, to make everything feel nice, right? They get to experience life and it's their life and it's their mind and it's their journey. And as long as I am sitting here trying to make sure the pillow is puffed up, I do not do that. I do not puff pillows, don't worry. But, you know, making sure that they're comfortable and that their feelings are comfort, comfort I, I am not, usually, I am not in the present moment and I'm not serving them and their spiritual experience. So it's, you know, when you, there's a part in the book where he says, once you start to notice these things, once you start to do this, once you start to practice, you're going to get lots of opportunities to practice. You are going to get lots of spiritual lessons to learn this. And bam, that has been a true story. That has my whole experience of the last three months it actually will go back to February has been extremely powerful. And I think that might be what has brought me back to this book. It's beautiful. I, lo I love, I love this. And I love how you said that, um, you know, in terms of your children's journeys are their journeys, because I totally relate to that. And um, my son is now 30, but um, really it's only been the last year or so that I've actually been able to implement that philosophy and that principle of it's okay he can he can work it out himself it's his journey and he has to live it his way and the moment I let go and the moment I detached from having to make it comfortable for him or having to make it right for him he actually stepped into his manhood um, found his you know life's partner and complete the sun just shone around him the moment I let go so we really need to trust that our children have their own souls as well and um, their soul knows what's going on their soul knows the bigger picture their soul knows the higher perspective their soul knows why they're doing this journey this way and it's all good it's all perfect we don't have to make it right it's not our job to make it right it's our job just to love and to love fiercely and unconditionally, that's our job as parents. And as a parent, you know, like myself um, and you, Vicky, and I'm sure Karen as well, where we were overprotective and we want to make our kids happy and we will do anything so that our kids are happy, that sometimes stifles them and that gets in the way of, well, how do they step forward powerfully into, their, into being a woman, into being a man, if we're still if we're still taking care of them as if they're children. And so it's important to recognise that their soul knows. It's okay, you can let go. And that doesn't mean let go from a love perspective. 
that's just like let go from an attachment perspective that it needs to look a certain way, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of them being happy or what we think happy means. Yeah. And and it's a daily it's a daily thing. I go back and forth, you know. Uh it's ingrained, right? These are yeah. practices I've been practicing for years. So just the fact that I notice it today and you know what happened was we he got into trouble. He started to to you know his behavior just started to get really uh out of control. And I think if I'm honest, it really triggered something in me from my childhood, right? And, and what, why it brought me to my, to, to my book, to my favorite book, to the book, right? The, the, the synchronicity of it and the relearning and the remembering, really, the remembering. And I kind of think that's all this spiritual stuff is, right? It's, it's just reminding us of something that we already know, and and somehow mm-hmm. intellectually I understood it, but I was getting an opportunity to really practice this letting go. And he talks a lot about relaxing and releasing. So when something, when I have energy on something, when I'm upset about something, when I'm stressed out about something, and I'm choosing to stay in that thinking mind, he sa- he reminds us to just relax and breathe. And, and, and really just let it go through you. And what I've noticed is it's not easy to do that. But when you do that and you feel your feelings, it, I've just been feeling my feelings a lot more this time around. And um, one of the things he says, he's super honest. You know, if, if you're going to read this book, know that this man is extremely honest. He does, does not sugarcoat this stuff. And one of the things he says is we're on a planet spinning in the universe for no reason. And we're just one person, right? And we're going to worry about, you know, someone said something to me a little bit snarky and I'm going to be upset about it and let it ruin my whole day, right? And how how we can take that and just really make it bigger and how if we just release it. But what I've discovered about this time around is that because I suppressed my feelings so much, and that I'm sure has something to do with my alcoholism, right? Because I suppressed my feelings, because I wanted to cover them up and pretend like they weren't there. I only wanted comfort. I didn't feel them. And one of the things he says that's really very bold is that it was a painful experience. You pushed it down because it was painful and you didn't want to feel the pain. This time, when it gets triggered again, when it gets, he doesn't use the word trigger, but when it comes up again and you see, oh, I'm having this feeling again. I don't like this feeling. I'm going to push it down. Instead of pushing it down, let it go through you and relax through it. So then the next time someone says something that reminds you of your ex-boyfriend or you see the car that your ex-boyfriend drove when you were in high school and you're 30 years old and it still upsets you, when those kinds of things pop up, feel the feeling. And it's going to be painful because it was painful, but you're holding on to it and you're not letting it go. So it's, I mean, there is so, so much in that book that has just changed me. But today, as I am learning, relearning it, as I am reintegrating it into my life, actually, really consciously practicing it and consciously, you know, and unconsciously 
not doing it, right? And then realizing I'm not doing it. As I go through this practice, I get to be easy about it, right? I get to let it go and 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 I get to realize that there's a choice. And if it's two days to, till I realize it, or if it's two hours till I realize it, the win isn't the time. The win is that I realized it, right? The win is that I realized I'm going there and do I really need to be? You know, is this really, you know, is there depth and weight to this? Vicki, I just wanted to talk about and mention when you talked about your emotions flowing through you and how that changed my life when I learned that in my part of the book. Because I listened to that book a few months after my son Josh died. And I don't know how it fell into my lap other than I was listening to Audible. And it must have popped up and someone mentioned it. And I remember where I was walking and I remember learning about allowing your emotions to flow through me. And that saved me through a lot because what I would do is when I really felt those deep, deep emotions of grief around my son dying, I could take a deep breath and realize that I am not my thoughts and I am not my feelings. So if I can open my heart, because he talks about opening your heart and letting it flow through you instead of holding on to it, because when you hold on to it, we tighten our heart. That was massive for my life when my son passed away to be able to take a deep breath and allow those feelings to flow through me, whether it was anger over what I was going through with his dad as we were going through the divorce or the grief of losing him allowing it to flow through me was massive for part of my emotional recovery. Yeah. In terms of just allowing those emotions and feelings to flow through you, as opposed to like, no, I don't like that emotion. It doesn't feel good. So I'm not going to entertain that emotion. I'm going to do something else. The thing is what actually happens is that the emotion gets stuck in your body. And it doesn't go anywhere. So by distracting ourselves, it, it doesn't, we don't let it go. So that's why we do have to feel our emotions. We do have to feel every single uncomfortable bit that comes through our body so that it can be released. And Karen, you talked about your son, Josh, when he died, and it was really important for you to release those emotions. It was the same for me when my father passed. And I felt like I actually cried oceans of tears like it really felt like at some point that it just was never going to stop but how healing that I was able to cry so much I know that you know with some of my siblings they weren't able to express themselves in that way and they've still got it inside them I can't even imagine what it would feel like to be holding those emotions inside my body so yeah I love that part of the book that talks about just letting it go releasing it and the only way to let it go is by feeling it. And so that's just so important is to actually feel the emotions. Yes, it feels uncomfortable. And yes, we've been programmed to believe that it's, you know, we need to just get on with it and do what we need to do and do the next thing and not allow these emotions to hold us back. But in fact, by releasing these emotions, this is how we clear the slate so that we can then move on to the next level, so to speak. And so yeah. then what happens is what Vicky was talking earlier about triggers, which is that because we're now clear and we've released everything that was stuck in our body, we don't get the triggers that we used to get because we've actually let that part go. So that the next time something happens, 
It doesn't have to anchor us back to a really painful moment. And if it does, it takes a lot less to actually let that go. It really does. As you were speaking, it was reminding me of this. A friend recently lost her husband and she was telling me how hard it's been. And one of the things she said to me, because we were sitting there and I handed her a Kleenex, she said, don't hand me a freaking Kleenex, please. She said, when you hand me a Kleenex and I am crying, you're telling me that I shouldn't be crying. And that is just something we do naturally, right? We hand the Kleenex to make somebody feel better because, and if I'm honest, it's because I'm uncomfortable with their feelings, right? So I have learned and I have been practicing since this conversation to let the person feel their feelings and just hold space. Beautiful. Beautiful. I just love the way she said, don't hand me a fucking (laughs) Kleenex. I love the way she said that. That's why I had to laugh. But yeah, that's a different way of looking at it, right? Yeah. That, um, you know, we need to get comfortable with other people getting uncomfortable too. Yeah. So we need to, I think as therapists, um, like for us, I feel like for me, it's it's like I welcome people crying. And when they cry, I'm actually happy for it. Like I know that it's a release. So that happened recently with the catch up of um, some girlfriends where one burst into tears and I could see that some of them felt uncomfortable, but I was like, yes, she's, she's crying. So it's like, what a release, yeah. right? I know. I tell my clients yeah. that also, I'm like, I'm like, it's okay to cry. Like, that's a release. Go for it. Because they do. They feel embarrassed. But it's not. I don't care if you're female or male or, you know, it's really good to release that. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's really good to release that. So it's interesting that, you know, we all came across the book at different times. For you, Vicky, it was was your sponsor that gave you the book uh, when you were recovering from alcoholism. For Karen, you received the book just after... Um, Josh passed for me it was during lockdown um, and my partner Christian gave it to me and um, he gave it to me and when he first gave it to me because everything had just happened with lockdown I wasn't really ready to read it I was still moving into frantic pivot mode where I was pivoting my business to to be online so I started to pick it up and read the first couple of pages and then I'm like I don't understand what this is about and then went down it was like too hard it's it's not what I need to read right now but then I picked it up some six months later and I found it to be absolutely profound at that point so I think with books it's really important to note that sometimes it's just not the time to read it it doesn't Mm -hmm. mean it's not for you because the fact that it was given to me by my partner means that it was meant for me and Mm -hmm. what I also love about it is and this is with other Michael Singer books too is that it's not huge so it's not huge but everything he says is profound (laughs) so it's not a big book in terms of quantity but in terms of like the gems that he drops in they're really profound gems and so when this sort of book comes your way you know it may not be the right time to process it but 
don't give up on it because there will be a perfect time because six months earlier it made no sense to me at all like it was like I don't understand because my mind wasn't ready to actually process it but then when I read it six months later it was just like perfect and it's exactly what I needed to hear so there's a really great part in the back of it also that talks about uh souls that have passed away or gone to the other side and I, I can't recall exactly what it was but that part really resonated with me being that you know I had just lost Josh and I remember like oh wow that makes a lot of sense so Whatever that is, if you've had someone pass away recently, that was very healing to me, that chapter. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So if you have had someone that has passed, that last chapter um, is is a profound and healing chapter, that's for sure. So Vicky, is there anything else in terms of like a final thing that you would like to say to someone who's listening out there about stepping up into the next level for their spiritual growth, what would you like to say to them? That it's okay to not do it perfectly. In fact, not doing it perfectly. I mean, I I use this simple example all the time and I can't help it because I remember watching it uh, when my two kids both learned to ride a bike the same day, right? And so when you're first learning how to ride a bike, you get skid knees, you get skid hands, you fall, you fall. And when you are up leveling and when your heart is telling you to pick up that book that you haven't seen in six months, right? That there, that listen to that little intuition, right? And that it will not be perfect and that you will have many, many opportunities to practice. And that on this spiritual journey, just like the beautiful synchronicities that happen in our lives that we all get excited about and say, this is a sign. So too are, I think the challenges, right? And that when we can be aware and be open and open-hearted and open mind and open hands, then we can grow and and letting go of perfection and allowing failure and allowing it to be messy is really where for me for me the true growth comes in i love that vicky and i've got a mantra that i used to say to all my uh, students which is perfectionism keeps you in the slow lane it really mm-hmm. does it keeps you in the slow lane because we it's like a dog chasing his tail like we just cannot be perfect, but the but the irony is and the paradox is we already are. <laughs> yeah, right, but what right. we think perfect means, what we think perfect means we, we can't be, but we already are divine yeah. sparks of source. So we already are perfect. Yeah. There is nothing that we need to do to change ourselves to, to you know, to look a certain way or to be a certain way or to have a certain matter of success because we already are. But that the way that we define perfect as humans um, is, is something that we don't need to do. We just do as good as it gets and then we just move on as good as it gets and move on. So that's really sound advice. So we have one final question that we ask all our guests okay. in this show. This show is called Soul Sisters Get Real. So tell us, Vicky, what that means to you, that phrase, soul sisters get real, why it's important for you. Yeah, that's a beautiful, it's a beautiful statement for so many reasons for me, because 
I believe that kind of like what I said, it's never perfect, but this growth stuff, this life stuff, this spiritual journey for me, I wouldn't be where I am without Pam, without Karen, without all these powerful, loving, beautiful, different, dynamic, creative women that have really been brought to me on my spiritual journey and that are the gifts and the best part and the best friends that I have and the the uh, sisters, the ones that are really truly my soul sisters are the ones that get real, are the ones that tell me that, ooh, I'm worried about you or wow, you did amazing. I'm proud of you. That tell me the truth, right? Because if I don't know the truth and my blinders are up, I'm trusting my girl over here, you two, soul sisters, to be, to lift me up and to, sh to show me how perfect I actually am. Because you did that just now. You gave that gift to me and Karen. And it's, it's about this togetherness. It's about this energy of the woman. And, and the energy of the woman does include everybody. You know, it includes everybody. It's inclusive. It's expansive. It's loving. And the getting real part, girl, that is my language. I mean, like I said, my podcast is telling on ourselves. And if we don't get real and if we push it down and pretend, then I don't grow when I do that. I don't, I, I don't live a life of ease and flow and inner peace. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I love that. I love that. We're all here to collaborate and to be uniquely us and to to really be in the, the sisterhood of, of this energy of love, not competition, yeah. and um, the energy of collaboration and not separation. And um, it is about getting real. So thank you so much, Vicky, for, for speaking with us today. We so appreciate uh, having this conversation today. Likewise. Thank Thanks you so much. On. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you loved it. And if you did, subscribe to the podcast. We would so love it if you write us a review and share it with your friends. And remember, always connect to your truest essence. And choose love. We'll see you next time.